and welcome to the Glow Journal podcast, a conversation with the beautiful minds behind the world's biggest beauty brands. I'm your host, beauty writer Gemma Watts, and in this episode, I'm joined by the founder of Suzanne Kaufman, Suzanne Kaufman. Beauty has been something of a constant thread woven throughout Suzanne Kaufman's life. Growing up in the westernmost part of Austria, Suzanne's earliest memories are the beauty rituals she shared with her grandmother of a weekend as a child. Her family owned a hotel, with Suzanne growing to become the fifth-generation hotelier running the retreat. And in the mid-90s, she saw an opportunity to bring more guests to the hotel. That opportunity lay within the hotel's spa. Suzanne elected to completely redevelop the spa, transforming it into a destination in and of itself. She had loved the ritual of beauty since her early childhood, so she set to work ensuring the hotel spa was one of the very best in the world. It was in 2003 that Suzanne sought to add yet another point of difference to the spa's offering by launching a signature line of 24 products, formulated only to be used in-house during spa treatments. Soon thereafter, the products garnered international press coverage, with Suzanne fielding interest from some of the world's biggest beauty retailers. Today, almost 20 years after its launch, the Suzanne Kaufman brand consists of over 80 different products, each crafted from natural ingredients found within the hotel's surrounds and is sold everywhere from Harrods and Selfridges in London, Gallery Lafayette in Paris and Mecca here in Australia. In this conversation, Suzanne shares why sustainability means so much more to her than just packaging, the importance of listening to one's body and what she refers to as the new luxury. grew up in the westernmost part of Austria, so I would love to begin right there. What is your very earliest memory of beauty? Uh, I would say it was um, every Saturday when my grandmother washed my long blonde hair. I was probably five, six years old and then it was a ceremony it took like two hours so it started with washing the hair and then whether rinsing it with chamomile water or making an egg um, mask and then of course combat that also took a long time so that was yeah my first beauty rituals in the bathroom I had read that you had quite a deep love of nature from a very early age. Did that love of, and I guess understanding of as well, nature waver at all as you became an adolescent or was that something that remained really constant throughout your upbringing? Of course, uh, we grew up here in the Bregenzer Wald, so that was always out outdoor uh, playing outdoor, being in the forest. And then you can imagine as a teenager, you also prefer big cities and, mm-hmm. you know, bars and clubs. So that was the time I wasn't so connected, not all because I didn't live all the time here. And then, of course, when I came back from, um, from my journeys and everything, and then I reconnected very strongly with nature. 
So you had a deep understanding and affinity for nature from an early age. What did you think that you might be when you grew up? I always wanted to be an actress. Ah, <laughs> there you go. What changed that? I don't know because it was <laughs> I I somehow I then grew up here and I I did uh, hotel school and so I I went to another direction, yeah, but I I loved movies and also playing the movies and yeah in my next life (laughs) you you've mentioned those beauty rituals that you would go through with your grandmother at that time was that something that was just fun for you or was it something that you imagined could eventually become a career were you ever interested in beauty in a professional sense I would say at that moment, I didn't think that this will be in the future a big part of my life. But uh, I was always fascinated what little plants could do, how they affect our well-being. And that started when, when, as you say, actually, when I did those tinctures with my grandmother. Your family, of course, while we're on your grandmother and your family, your family owned a hotel and I believe you are the fifth generation to join them in, I think, the early 1990s. The hotel had a medical spa of sorts in the 70s. So I know that you decided to focus on that element and developed a new spa within the hotel when you joined the family business. I have a couple of questions about this time. Firstly... What were you doing professionally as a career prior to this? Had you been working in beauty at all? No, actually, I learned hotel business and then I started in 94. I overtook mm-hmm. our family hotel and then I I was a hotelier, but focused very early on the spa part of the hotel because I thought, how do we bring people the whole year to Betzau? It's not the most famous place, uh, you know. And so I thought it's a good idea to bring them to our spa because this is not seasonal. We are not depending on the weather. And so, and and, and I loved always treatments and products. So I, I thought that's that's my way. This is perhaps a broad question, but what did you feel that the new spa that you had developed could provide that was perhaps different to other spas and hotels within the region? Um, very early in this journey, I I thought, how can I be different to other spas? And I also thought I need something which gives me a base for the treatments, for, for what we are doing, not just the facial. Uh, so, and then I, I did a deep dive into a lot of different kind of cures from uh, Ayurveda to um, other, um, like FX Meyer, I had a look at it. And so, but then I found uh, the traditional Chinese medicine, mm-hmm. which I found very interesting because I always think it's all about prevention. And so the Chinese medicine is the perfect idea because it's always about preventing. And so I started already, it's, I think now it's 25 years ago, to build the spa on the base of TCM with a doctor back then. 
What were some of the lessons that you took from that time when you were first developing the spa and bringing in these new treatments and practices when your career was really in its infancy that you find you're still applying to your work now? Um, I think it's often um, that I have a wish and then it becomes a goal. And then I think you have to, to really hard work for it and this is still uh what i what i believe in how how it works best for me hard work that's what it is <laughs> so what was it that made you want to create an in-house spa product line your own products this was in 23 so the spa went really well. It was this time of, you know, popping up all these wellness hotels like mushrooms. It was this big wellness boom. And so um, in 2003, we also re-renovated re- re- the hotel spa. And back then I thought now it's the time to, to go for something natural uh, product. And yeah, and then of, instead of finding really a brand for that i i started to develop our own products and thought this will also make us different because then it's our own products produced here in the brengenzer wald with our own protocols which made us unique again so how did you go about physically creating your own products how did you find the right manufacturer, decide which products you would launch with, select which ingredients you would use? How did you go through those steps? So all started that uh, there is actually a a production site here in the Brengenzerwald for over 30 years. So they have the know-how and uh, we came together. And then of course I had to, to write down the philosophy, what, should the product be what is in what is not in and then of course which products do you want and that was very clear as we come from a spa it was clear we need everything you need for a facial but also for a manicure pedicure you need a an oil uh, for the massage you need baths so this was why we started with a very wide range of different products and in total it was 24 products wow. in the first run Wow. Mm -hmm. So the brand was originally developed for use exclusively in the spa, but at what point and also why did you decide to make the range available outside of the spa? Uh, This was actually, um, there was the day cream back then, the day cream line tea was shown in a, in a German magazine. Mm -hmm. And then a retailer called me uh, quite big one in Germany and said, listen, I saw this and I would like to sell your products Uh in Munich. And then I said, okay, um, let me think about it. And, uh, and of course, and then we put everything together and went back and say, yeah, of course you can uh, have our products. And then we started retailing it. And then it was really in the beginning, people called me, I, I checked, how we could work together and this is where where we started so in the beginning i did the distribution myself and then i found out that this is not what i'm really best in and so uh then later on a partner a business partner joined me and then we started let's say um, 12 years ago with the real distribution 
I would love to hear more about this time. How long did it take for the brand to really start growing and for an overseas market to begin expressing an interest in what you were doing? Mm. Um, I would say at least when it really started, um, maybe it took us, yeah, six, seven years because we are organically growing, you know, that was not... um, I mean, we just grew year by year what we could do with the team. And so it wasn't this boom. And uh, but it's a steadily organically growing of the brand and also people getting more aware what we are doing, where we are coming from, why the products are are such a high quality. So, yeah, but um, it, it took some time. So of those 24 products that you began the range with, which is an incredible number of products, do you recall which products you launched with into other retailers and are those products still in the range now? Yeah, yeah, they're still, from the 24, they're still in the best sellers, I would say. It's still the, 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 you know, the line T, line F, Mm -hmm. which now is the nourishing line and the moisturizing line. They were from the beginning there, there was the the soothing um, um, cleansing milk was there, the soothing toner, the oil bath of the senses. So a lot of products from the first run they are still in the in the in the, in the sortiment. Yeah, nowadays. How does that product development process work for you? Do you? have a lot of focus on the next big project or are you developing based on consumer demand or is it a bit of both? I would say it's a bit of a bit of both. It's, you know, sometimes I get inspired talking to someone, a retailer, a journalist, a customer, but it also can be I walk through London and think, oh, that could be an idea or often, of course, it's also when I walk through the forest and then I say, ah, that also could be something we should do. So it's there are a lot of um, sources of environment, actually. There are something like 80 products now across face, body and home. I'm sure it's difficult to choose a favorite, but what would you consider to be the real hero products yeah that's the question very often so i i normally travel with around 30 products so it's difficult for me to to tell you which one but there are two probably i i really are still my heroes it's the um, the rejuvenating eye cream and the eye rescue stick this this duo i i i love very much the entire ethos of the brand really centers around nature. And I know that locally sourced plants are at the core of the range. In as much or as little detail as you wish, what are some of those hero ingredients and what can they do for the skin? Um, there are, you know, the, the knowledge of, of plants and herbs here in the, in the Alps is huge yeah and people always use those knowledge for their well-being inside and outside and so this was in the beginning uh inspiring me when 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 i was asked what is the base 
what is the 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 main ingredients and i said of course i would love to work with the this knowledge of this the herbs and 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 uh, plants we have here in the brengenzawald and then bring them in a very effective way into the products that the product is effective and so there's a lot of uh, wonderful plants uh, surrounding us here it's arnica there is um, rosemarine, there is chamomile, there is sage. Uh, what I love a lot is St. John's worth. Yeah. Um, so it's, you know, the, it's just full of, of great plants and every little plant has different um, ac active ingredients actually. And so we use them often in combination. And this is what, what, what I love so much that sometimes you use the chamomile with sage and that gives a different effect if you use chamomile with marigold you know and this is so interesting when it comes to to herbs and plants the ingredients that you use are sourced sustainably with sustainability really being a key focus for you and for the brand from the very moment that you launched what are some of the sustainability practices that you have in place? The stats I've read around your packaging in particular are so impressive. Mm. Um, for me, sustainability, it's a huge word and uh, we always have to be very careful. And so it's for me also being clean means, as you say, not only packaging, it goes beyond. It goes, of course, you have to use clean ingredients. That's almost a standard, you know, but it's the packaging, it's the production sites, uh, which energy do they use? For example, we use solar power to produce our products and bring them into the bottles. Wow. It's about transport. It's about marketing. And of course, it's about the respect uh, for people, how do you treat your customers, your retailers, your your staff? Are you honest with them? So this is the whole picture for us when we when we say we want to be a clean and sustainable brand. And when it comes to the packaging, we just did a little renewing of it. We wanted to make it even more beautiful, but also more sustainable. And so the new packaging is 100% recyclable. That means we print now wow. directly on the bottle. The boxes are 100% recyclable because there's no lacquer on them anymore. Uh, so we use a lot of um, pre-consumed plastic, for example, with the refills. So it's for us packaging, and this is also how we see the new luxury it's we want to consume something we want to use something but it should be consciousness and not just make everything wrong you know and so this is very important for us and for this uh, you will see in the new packaging it's just what you need there's nothing else added it's just a glass a pump and a box yeah and that's it it's so interesting to me that you mention transport and also the solar power because I think when a lot of people think, certainly consumers, think about sustainability, they think the packaging 
and they think the clean ingredients and everything in between can be forgotten. So it's refreshing to hear that that's really considered. Yeah. yeah. It's also the very important for me is also where we source, you know. Mm. So actually the whole product, ingredients, but also packaging, we source in South Germany, Switzerland, and Austria and North Italy. So it's just a circle around us where we get ingredients, glass, boxes, everything. Uh, and so this is also very important that you don't transport everything just from one end to the other and back, you know. Mm. While we're mm. on that ingredient sourcing, Susan Kaufman Skincare is a true global brand now sold through so many of the world's leading beauty retailers but nature and this holistic approach to beauty has always been so important to you why do you think it is that this approach to beauty this holistic approach has become so popular in recent years because um i think people are more and more aware that it's everything comes together you know um beautiful skill skin and well-being it's not just a cream it's not just a, a day cream it's everything it's your lifestyle it's how you sleep your sport your food very important food so and i think people are now aware that all this is so important you know or they are aware again because when i take my grandmothers you know, they both got over 90, they were healthy their whole life. But back then, I had the feeling they knew better than nowadays. Sometimes you have the feeling you that people not feel anymore what the body tells them, you know. Mm. And I remember mm. my grandmothers, they knew exactly if they eat this the next day, they won't feel well. So, and we somehow lost a little bit this, um, this, understanding our own body and uh, and i think the last years this was really a great uh evolution again that people are aware that everything has an, a holistic uh background that that food is as much important as a cosmetic product given that the brand does have such a specific ethos and such a specific approach as you've just touched on there is a lot of consumer education involved how do you and your team ensure that that ethos is being communicated effectively to consumers from country to country being a global brand now yeah we have a, a great education team uh which just put together not only um ingredients and explaining uh, our customer, what a cream is, but also all these rituals they can do at home, these spa ideas. So we have a great team. They put together all this and, of course, train all our, our um, the staff in the, in the retails so that they know exactly not only what a cream does, but also how they could what they could do as well, as we said, this holistic holistic approach, what they can do as well to, to have a better skin or feel better. Yeah. So, and this works very well um, with the, also globally. 
You have been a part of the beauty industry since the 90s. Over the last, let's say the last few years, what have been some of the biggest changes that you have seen within the beauty industry? I mean, they're very beautiful things and they're also tough things. So one is regulations, regulations, regulations. So uh, when I started, it was quite a, um, how can I say, a freestyle industry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you could do uh, a lot of things. No, it's totally I'm absolutely happy that it's so clear what we have to do, you know, because this this is a standard and I think that's so important. So, but there's a lot of regulations nowadays. There's a lot of labels out there, which says Mm -hmm. this label does this, this one does this. So that makes it sometimes I think very confusing as well for the consumer. And the, the great things about what, what happened the last uh, 10 years as there are so many natural brands nowadays, what wasn't the case 20 years ago, there are great natural effective ingredients which are so wonderful to, to work with, you know, to get these great products because um, you find nowadays natural ingredients, they are so strong. Mm. So this is great. Also great that we have so much more sustainable packaging possibilities because everybody's looking now for sustainable packaging. And of course, um, what I also see that um, a lot of people uh, really are interested much more uh, on the ingredients and they ask you what what do you do and i think this is this is good because this also makes you as a brand if you have uh demanding customers that also keeps you as a brand always thinking oh what can i do better what is out there what we could use uh yes why why do we why could we do it in a better way so and i think this is very interesting and we have very demanding and uh great customers so that's also a big difference, yeah. Love it. And what changes do you think we can expect to see from the beauty industry over the next few years? I mean, we already see it now. There's a huge trend in getting cleaner and cleaner and cleaner, yeah. So, but also when it comes to packaging, more sustainable, um more recyclable more refills so this is a huge trend but we already see since a couple of years and i think what anyway will come uh you know i think we will see also laws uh restricting the beauty industry doing this or that i think we this will also be next steps as like food waste you know there will be laws that you are not allowed or you have to pay taxes if you do food have too much food waste whatever so i think there will be more restrictions coming and more laws when it uh, comes to sustainability my final question what is next for suzanne kaufman skincare uh a lot (laughs) of course (laughs) yeah so uh very important for me with my team is that we keep going and thinking every day what can we do in a better way so this is what what keeps us moving and of course if this is your 
philosophy and 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 what you what you want to do there's all always things you can do better and so i think uh we also looking for new ideas about ingredients can we do some ingredients ourselves and so there are a lot of projects going on that was suzanne kaufman founder of suzanne kaufman which you can find on instagram at Suzanne Kaufman underscore. To read this interview, you can visit glowjournal.com. And for more beauty news, you can find me on Instagram at gemkwatts or at glow.journal. If you liked this episode, please do not forget to subscribe, rate, review and share so other beauty and business lovers can find us. I'm Gemma Watts. You've been listening to the Glow Journal podcast and thank you for joining me.